This one will be easy for you guys to milk onto, to latch onto like young, to like younglings. On, to milk upon. I, I don't <laughs> like that turn of phrase. <laughs> I, I really, I, I can't put, I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my mouth on it. But I can't, about can't it. latch my mouth <laughs> on I can, it. But. I can put my milk on it. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't quite milk onto what makes me so uncomfortable. Let me tell you about my family. Hi folks, you're listening to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's that animated podcast about real cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. And I am so excited to be here with you guys, and I have had a major breakthrough this week, everybody. Oh. what What is it? Well, I've opened up my closet and hanging in, in, in on the hook, on the hook in my closet, on that, on that, on that coat rack in my closet, I have put away my hang-ups. That's Your right. Hang-up. On, sa- on Saturday morning, Tuesday, sex is no big deal anymore. We put our hang-ups in the closet. And we're just going to talk about putting any mashed potato in a tailpipe you want, because it's no big deal. It's just sex. It's just parts. It's just mashing our parts together. Right? And just putting a, just yeah. Pushing a, just pushing a carrot through a cheese grating. No, <laughs> no, that's amazing. I feel so freed, you know? Uh, oh, my I, gosh. I, we're so, we're liberated sexual beings now. And we're so, and we're enlightened and ready to tell you all about it. I can roll that tin can down to any gutter that I want, you know? <laughs> I can just, I can just kind of... Let it all hang out. Yeah, deal. I'm feeling so sexually free, like like grass, <laughs> like grass in the wind, and uh, all the animals in the wind, um, also yeah. being in the wind. And it gives a very strong, powerful wind that is carrying animals <laughs> through the wind. Of, it's a tornado, a sexual yeah. tornado. I'm a big sexual cyclone, <laughs> and I'm ready to uh, show you my eye yeah. of the storm. <laughs> Yeah, my Welcome sexuality our- is like a like a big like a big bird displaying its wings and gliding on the in the sunset air and then fucking another bird. It's ooh wee, that's it good. Is, it is and just that word a, doesn't a- hurt my ears at all anymore now that I'm <laughs> now that I've got no more hangups. None that of them. Boun- no. That just bounces off me like a rubber ball. Oh, you you remember to lock your closet right so that they can't get back out. Oh, they can't get out. They're banging on the door. They want to they want to bring it back down. <laughs> screaming, screaming <laughs> at the wood. <laughs> Rory. Take us off the hanger and put us back. Rory! But then you're like, no. Sex is cool and okay and for everybody. And I'm a beautiful being. That's right. And and That's you know right what I else? Say exactly that. What uh, else? Now that now that we're now that we're so freed and 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 liberated and we're just we're we're born anew in the in the sexual light of the morning, uh, I think that now we can finally admit to all those sexual cartoons that we watch. We were big into it. Big ups yeah. to you. Yeah. Big ups we, to we, you. There's nothing wrong with sexual cartoons. No. And there's uh, nothing wrong with hand drawing <laughs> the, the sensual curves of a man. No, of course one not. frame at a time, twenty four <laughs> frames a second. Yeah, I can finally tell my mom about all the hentai. <laughs> and she <laughs> might be weird now, but Is I'm so okay with myself that that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but hentai mom, isn't all that we watch. I'm into hentai. <laughs> mother. I talk about sex with my mother. It's no big deal with me. 
<laughs> yeah, we've put them all in the closet. It's all there. We locked it away. I guess the closet's sort of a weird metaphor to have been using. Uh, putting no, it that's in the where closet. the coat. What's where the coat hook is? We've got. We, it's, it's okay. We, okay. All right. All right. We, we, we don't have hangups. We don't have enough hangups to be to be overanalyzing what's going. <laughs> you know, the, the metaphor. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the hentai is, uh, is one thing and we have a different podcast for oh, that. The hentai uh, is one thing. We do have another podcast about that. It's called... What's the title of our hentai podcast? <laughs> it's called, it's called Oops All Tentacles. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we don't have any hangups. So that was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found the secret to comedy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just putting all Ugh. self uh, self introspection uh, away and not not uh, not analyzing anything that comes out of our mouth. So that's what we're we up to today. And that's what, the, that's what uh, those can... all those hangups were. That's what those hangups were doing. They were just bringing you down. They were dulling your comedy edge when all all this time you had a you had a secret you had a secret blade in your boot, and it was just it was just putting those hangups away and watching more tentacles uh, and watching those tentacles fly. So you can tune into that podcast. That podcast again is called Oops All Tentacles. Um, and you know, we're, but we're not doing that today. This is not that's not this podcast. No, here, we're, this is, we're here on our we're here on our children's cartoon podcast. Yeah, and this is the one where we're watching cartoons about people in schools who don't go to school, and uh, and you know, just these crazy teens getting up to all sorts of crazy business. And you can you know, all these teens have hangups that they haven't put away. These yeah. Scott Scott Summers has a is just a ball of hangups. <laughs> we so we do have a title that we've created for this arc, and the, the title is Schooligans. And we'll just add that right there. We'll post. just have a uh, robot say it later. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll add yeah, that. We'll, exactly, we'll put that right on in there. Seamless. And uh, what are the what are the cartoons that we're watching in this in this arc that we just said we, the name of Austin? We're watching. Oh, Austin can tell us. I'm sorry, ah, you oh, really buried um, the lead with who you were asking. I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have any hangups about that. And what we're going to talk about is X-Men Evolution Season 2, Episode 10, Walk on the Wild Side, and Fillmore, Episode 8, Ingrid Third, Public Enemy, Number 1. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, old Andy might have might have wanted us to keep vamping for a little bit. Maybe that we, you know, maybe there was a little bit. No, 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 no hangups. Straight to I'm business. ready to go no right into the goddamn shit. Straight, no. straight into the deep. Into the deep waters <laughs> of of talking about these cartoons, uh, I have the a choppy little waters, now. the choppy sexual waters. <laughs> a couple <laughs> of my hangups came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one thing Andy can't handle is the sea. <laughs> 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 Okay, here we are, all of all three of us together. We're 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 walking together uh, in a meadow, hand in hand, because we don't have hangups, and and we're just being affectionate with each other as three friends that that love each other, you know, from our souls to each other's souls. And this is this is X Men Evolution. We're we're watching episode ten of season two. It's called Walk on the Wild Side, and you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with my wild side now. How do you guys feel? I have walked, I've kissed, I've kissed both sides of the wild and I'm happy about where I, I'm happy about what happened to my lips. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> is this, is this, uh, call me John Krakauer because I'm into the wild. 
to the story of Chris McCandless, uh, rest in peace. Um, but I, but uh, yeah, I'm, that's that's me. Old me would have made fun of you for that joke, but I am no hangups, and so I loved that. I loved everything about that, and I love you. And this here's is a, a beautiful, beautiful time. <laughs> here's a here's a synopsis of this episode, which I called "Walk on the Wild Side." Uh, the female X-Men are fed up with playing second fiddle and form a vigilante crime-fighting group called the Bayville Sirens. Uh, so Rory, yes. we jumped We jumped ahead. We started at season one, episode one, and then we've just jumped a season and a half ahead. Can you tell us if we missed anything important? Yeah, well, the big the big thing we've seen there, uh, I guess they, in season one, we uh, we meet the rest of the, the mainline cast, uh, Spike and Rogue. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Kitty Pride are the three, the three regulars that we've totally skipped. And in season two, we get the addition of the new mutants and, uh, Bobby Drake, the Iceman. Ah, uh, yes. And these, these are just, these are like younger kids. Cause like we meet this girl, Amara. Uh, yeah. Who's... Amara is one of the new mutants. They have actually kind of retconned a little bit in a, in a cool way. So the new mutants are supposed to be. You know, because the X-Men sort of deal, it's a sort of Spider-Man issue where if, if you've built this thing about teen drama and and then they keep just, just teens, when you deal with like the pu- publication history of Marvel, like teen, the teen years are pretty small compared to the adult yeah. years. So these people keep yes. aging out of those, out of those six, those <laughs> 16 years. And uh, then, yeah, where's your teen heroes left? And you got to make teens more. left? Yeah, so the new mutants are Grant Morrison's uh, characters from the early thousands. Okay, uh, and and it's a it's a representative ra- lineup of the of what he put together, or uh, so it's a little bit he didn't. So he this is a uh, we don't really do, like the X Men Evolution is a total sort of retcon anyway. Of right, uh, yeah. So uh, more or less, uh, I would okay. say. Okay. So Bobby Drake is one of the uh, the Iceman's one of the original X Men, right? Uh, and also. We don't have, and then um, Madrox also, multi- Mr. Multiple Man, I don't think was a new mutant. Ah, uh, okay. Um, now, can we talk about why we chose to jump so far, far away? Uh, well, that was your idea, Austin, so you yeah. wanted to, yeah, so you wanted to get into this, it's a four-season four show, and you had heard a lot of good things about kind of the back side of the catalog, as I understand, yeah. you wanted to check out those deep those deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, and like I, you know, I think it's a lot of shows find their way in season one, and mm-hmm. if if there's some good stuff to be found deep deep back in there, then then I'm ready to jump in. Yeah, and I have know? no hangups about that. I have know? no hangups because it's the X Men. <laughs> like we, you know, we generally have seen one character or another. We kind of get the idea. Um, yeah. It was actually interesting to me for, uh, to to watch this episode because uh, it has introduced some mutants that I'm less familiar with, right? So we've got uh, Amara on the on the hero team, who's a, a, a mutant named Magma, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, in the in the you know anti hero team over at the the Brotherhood, we've got Boom Boom, Tabitha, <laughs> Boom Boom, Tabitha. <laughs> Uh, boom boom is fun i like boom boom a lot and then of course and then the rest (laughs) of them are pretty uh pretty recognizable faces at least in this episode you know we've got gene and rogue and kitty pride and uh you know scott uh cyclops and nightcrawler pretty much for the most part yeah um so it was nice it was actually like good pick rory because this was this was a nice like toe toe into the new stuff yeah uh so what uh what what do we what happens in this baby little this little episode 
It's yeah. uh, it's a real real girl power time. <laughs> it is. Um and and again with, you know, largely a male uh creative team. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think we've we've looked at stuff kind of like this for Kim Possible where it still feels like it's older men who have you know tried their best to recreate what <laughs> teen girls like and do um to mixed results and yeah uh and what happens this one though, this one has a bit of a babblefish element to it as well or like a like a game of telephone because not only is it like uh you know a male creative team trying to do teen girls but it, it also really feels like it's a male creative team trying to channel what joss whedon did for buffy yeah so it's like it's, it's, it's like got that vibe a little bit like it has it has like a couple layers of like let's be like these teen movies and like Buffy and like it it ends up kind of it it, it did not work for me but it also is kind of a weird example of how cartoons sort of try and struggle with important topics like they just mm-hmm. sort of give them an episode you know like this is our feminism episode it's like right but just... they also didn't bring anybody else on to like you know lend any sort of credence or you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah they did their their plucky gang put together the best they could um, <laughs> so so with this episode now I, I agree and we something we talked about in the first episode that is sort of they don't do in this one when they do the girl power episode what they totally lose is any subtlety about what you know about the metaphor of any particular character yeah mm-hmm. you know because they're just doing they're just doing the topic um, right. And that's fine. It's it's like it, it, on one hand, it's 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 nice to be able to have a person not just be emblematic of their trauma. Um, sure. And, and be but also it's like um, there are characters who can do this type of episode without having to kind of shoehorn it in. And this felt very shoehorny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I have no hang ups <laughs> having horny no somewhere in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, one of the yeah. first things it's it's funny when you you hear the the like you can tell the writers are like like the, sometimes in these cartoons you can you can hear a writer just sort of like phone it in and be like I'm gonna tell you what kind of episode you're watching very soon and like we get dialogue from Scott like Scott does some stupid shit at the beginning of the episode yeah. that kind of steps on the ladies on the ladies toes and he says stuff like you girls were lucky I was here and us heroes rescue damsels in distress it's like dog whistles for what kind of plot we're doing today and you know it's it's it was annoying because uh that's so out of character for cyclops uh i mean he can do that kind of shit he just can't talk like that you know Mm -hmm. uh and it's not to say that there can't be like he's a teen so I, i like him kind of not having his like full leadership shit under control uh he uh but uh there are better characters to do that with or for him to just do it without kind of just saying goofy shit like that mm-hmm. like he's not yeah. perfect but uh but it just it just didn't it didn't ring true to me as a viewer i think yeah there were a lot of square pegs and round holes uh in this episode of, of as far yeah. as characterization like characters just kind of need to be in a place at a time and totally. so they do the thing mm-hmm. yeah it, it couldn't it tried really hard but it couldn't shake the feeling of being ham-fisted like a like a like a pig is is fisting us uh, and until we get it, it. and we're, and we're okay with that, it, and we like it. Uh, but part of why I picked this episode is it does two things well that we hadn't seen, and I don't think we'll see with the rest of our picks. Is one is kind of uh, uh, an X Men staple of of the team, the team inside the team, like kind of just shuffling mm-hmm. characters around and and getting a new context out of using different characters to tell a different story. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's always great. And uh, even though this, the girl power tro- like topic of the ep- episode was flat, um, you know, this is not the first or, or last time they've done the like all girl uh, X-Men lineup. And they're usually, you know, quite well received. Right. Uh, they're uh, most of the most of the best X-Men are, are the female characters. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's go through the beats of this real quick. Um, so we have Jean and Amara and they're training and, and she's teaching her to use her lava skills on some rocks, uh, down in the X-Men mansion. And the, the moment that you guys were talking about was where, uh, a lock, a rock dislodges and looks like it's about to like crush them. And then Scott blasts it with his beams and he's like, yeah, I rescued you. His powerful and male gaze. He's power, yeah. powerful male hands. <laughs> and it's it sort of sets Jean off in uh, uh, some frustration that she's feeling. Um, and Amara sort of echoes a little bit of that. But it's, it's mostly Jean who sort of carries it's, this rage. It, but it was that, fun to see Amara kind of just mimic her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. She's yeah, a young it's her teen first day of high school. And Jean, and Jean Grey is the, the, you know, she's the hottest X-Men in town. Like it, Right. Jean Grey has always been the most powerful mutant. You know, it's like there's no rescuing her from anybody except for herself. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's just kind of silly to, to even have any pretense that <laughs> that, she, yeah, exactly. that she needs saving. Yeah, exactly. And then Dunk, her her sort of like football bow, um, <laughs> kind of runs up and says that he's got tickets for the Sadie Hawkins dance for both of yeah. them. <laughs> She's which like, and then she points out to that that's yeah. what the one that girls ask guys to you idiot like you don't just <laughs> get those tickets which i think is kind of funny there and was, it's a funny trivial thing that sets her further yeah. sets her off well there was there were two funny things in that so uh right before that um in this uh we uh amara has started hanging out with boom boom after school they're gonna go they're gonna go maul it up and oh, yeah boom, boom boom is living in the in the brotherhood as we mentioned but uh, what's cool here is we've got a we've got a good idea of what the Brotherhood is in context with the um, the Xavier Institute, I think, mm-hmm. um, where the first season kind of tried to paint them as the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants as like the bad guy mutants. Uh-huh. Now they're the bro- Brotherhood of Bayville mutants. Uh, Bayville mutants. It, it's uh, it's a little bit more clear that they're it's it's less it's less contentious. The the groups maybe don't like each other they might be like rival frats but they're not trying to murder each other right they're not evil they're bavel yeah. kind of like evil it's just <laughs> a little different oh um, boy so that's what i liked about that was we, we really see like how they live in their house and how they're different but also they just hurt each other in this they house just, <laughs> they're very bad oh, roommates it's, anyway it's boom boom I runs mean, off with amara uh gene says tell scott uh that she's gonna go after them uh and he she needs his car and he says no problem i'll go get him she 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 plays like (laughs) she she plays it off like she basically uses girl power and feminism as an excuse to steal his car (laughs) (laughs) i know there's a there's a couple of those moments that kind of like undercut what they're trying to say uh but it is. How dare you think pretty... you could drive for me? Keys now. <laughs> <It's> my car. <laughs> <I don't> think... <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the the what sets it off though is that um, Amara and Tabitha have been hanging out, and Boom Boom 
is, you know, this we see this sort of like, oh, it's the bad influence story arc. Mm-hmm. It's the, oh, she's the on the other side of the tracks and she's the girl with, you know, doesn't care about school. She's got no hangups. Yeah, she's got no <laughs> hangups. And, you know, nope. she's got and Jean is a three ball bottles of, of nail she's polish. She's just a wasp. She's just a wasp crammed into a human suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's full of concern. Um, and as the as sort of a good like mother hen character, seeing Amara, who's easily molded, um, hang out with Tabitha, who's you know a nasty a nasty girl. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it makes her, her concerned. Boom boom. It's yeah. boom boom. <laughs> she makes explosion little explosion balls. Yeah, and they uh, you know. They speed off in a car, and and so that's when Gene commandeers Scott's car, and um, <laughs> you know, so then they're and they're sets out on off the about town. a ten minute music video. Well, oh, okay. dude, they they go off and they 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 end up seeing. So the main plot of the actual like you know the crime angle of this episode is that they they see a carjacking take place, and so Amara and Tabitha decide that they're gonna go fuck these guys up. And so they tail them and then Gene is tailing the girls and they all end up kind of causing way too much collateral damage to this <laughs> stolen car. But they get the bad guys and Gene wants to be like, no, this was a this is bad. And, you know, she wants to be all mom about it. But <laughs> instantly she's like, we so see the, into we this. Get the, so, yeah. So that's the other thing about this episode. This is probably the only episode she lets her hair down even a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to see a little more build up to her being chill with this because. Yeah. She was off. She was in a huff and worried about this. And I know it took me a minute to realize that the reason she was so amenable is because she was so mad at boys. But the only thing we see happen is basically she seals up the criminals and they're like, yeah, let's not talk about this again. I'm waiting for her to like lecture Amara and, you know, for her to, you know, talk about this. And suddenly we get a music video full of (laughs) full of ripe, plump Pants apples, bottom bottom pants apples. That's what I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, pants apples. apples. You're gonna stick with that. Suddenly, everybody is uh, Trinity from the Matrix. <laughs> uh, everybody is, you know, Buffy and Faith, uh, and they're sort of bad girls. Run. Oh, uh, that's what I was gonna say about this um, with the New Mutants. Austin is this should base in the comics. I think Joss Whedon takes over right after Grant Morrison. Uh, oh really? For his, uh, for his astonishing X Men, I think. If I'm getting much, it's uh, close. You know, so yeah. there's even more Joss in this. So there's a little. There's, so the bones of Joss is in the bones, yeah. And yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Like again, a little bit of an undercut moment here where we're trying to do this whole feminism thing, but then we put everyone in these tight leather cat suits. Uh, yeah, because that's the only costume that we know how to do. <laughs> it's so weird too because. Again, we don't really have any context for a music video in the middle of an X-Men cartoon. Yeah. This isn't like something that happens every episode. And like, all right, here's the music video montage. And I wasn't sure if this was reality. Am I watching a dream sequence? Am I watching, uh, you know, are the things happening right now? Is this because like the cuts will, will it was like some weird cinematography happening. Like, yeah. Things would flash and, well, and again- rewind and the the um the sort of like i don't know uh, 
on one hand, it's re- like I said, Jean Grey goes out into battle in a basically a full body Greenzo suit. So it was cool to see her kind of let her hair down. And, and, and you know, and now it does, you know, and Rogue is also kind of the same. Like she can't ever feel human touch. So she's kind of, mm-hmm. it's cool to yep. see these characters get out of their shells. Although uh, Boom Boom and Kitty Pride are already fairly sex positive and like right. just feels a little more status quo for them. Amara, yeah. Amara just feels kind of going along for the ride. She, she, right. yeah. she, she, she'd new. wear the green zone suit too if Jean Grey told her to. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, what I would love to see though is that I mean I think it's it's interesting. I think it, there needed to be a montage of them doing their their crime or, or doing their like you know vigilante work. But I would have loved to see some sort of dialogue leading up to and and getting yeah. more of getting the yeah. other girls on board and and just kind of. Checking in with their characters and finding justification for why they're doing exactly. This. Well, they didn't have it. Uh, Kitty Pride didn't give a shit. She was there. She was, re- but they didn't have a good excuse for uh, for Rogue. So they just yeah, not for Rogue. Rogue. Yep, yeah, there she is. Like, oh, Rogue's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it still kind of almost barely passes the Bechtel test. You know, like, <laughs> like because you know they're just doing stuff together, but you know it's set to music, so like we're not even getting like interesting conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I think something something that's interesting to note. I, I looked this up actually because uh, it seemed familiar, and then I found like a, a, a an article about this this episode. Oh, actually, is it the craft? Um, yeah, it's about the craft. Uh, there's a there's a at the end of this whole montage sequence, all the ladies walk into school, and it's this slow mo like everyone's turning heads to look at these <laughs> very empowered young women walking through the halls of the school, and it's this perfect recreation of the scene from the movie the craft from frame by frame like complete with all the figures crossing the frame in the foreground like it's literally like yeah the they rotoscope same. i think they did rotoscope <laughs> the animation so that it was like exactly yeah. on the frame uh which you know again just ties it in you know because the craft was about like teen witches going off and doing you know it, it, it has like there's a similar connection with these yeah bad know, girls who are fed up with society and they want and finally go out, go out and, and use of... their powers yeah right and it's it's cool and i, I mean i we we, t- we have talked about this a little bit uh but the idea is not just like raw we're mad at guys so we're gonna go do vigilante i mean like that 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 was like part of what it was for gene but it's also definitely like they're feeling pent up as mutants. Yeah, they're all just like, pent up yeah. as mutants. Gene's the only they, one who's got any sort of like, you know, girl power time today. And the other right. girls don't give a shit. <laughs> no, they, they do go also want to do they want to do sexy dancing with each other. They do want to do sexy dancing <laughs> um, with each other. And <laughs> some of that dancing is also not sexy. It's very weird. Again, this <laughs> like approximation the of Rosie. What, they're doing like green sleeves <laughs> folk dancing. Like it's bizarre. <laughs> That is, but it, that is, it's set to this like you know oh yeah girls around the world kind of song and then they're just like holding hands and skipping around each other. Yeah, like how it's, do girls dance? It's so long know, and weird. This whole scene. Yeah. Oh um, man, what there's a, a, there's fun, a fun sequence bit, though. So nobody in town knows who the Bayville Sirens are. Yeah, that's what they end um, yeah. up calling them. The news that's calls they end them up the Bayville Sirens. These, this new this new secondary uh, X Men group is are the Bayville Sirens. Uh, but I thought it was fun because these girls don't all normally hang out together. 
that as yeah. soon as Scott sees like five five X Men hanging out together who don't normally hang out, he's just like, oh fuck. <laughs> like there, there was no there was no like build up to investigating who they are. He's like, oh god, right. it's it's our it's, it's our them. guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're the Bayville Sirens. <laughs> Yeah, so so Cyclops grabs Nightcrawler and they're kind of like uh okay, we got to we got to go boys tail club. them tonight. It's boys club. The boys got to go tail the girls. And what I like about that angle actually is that they they're you know, they're kind of clumsy about the about the sneaking around and tailing them. And as the girls yeah. are leaving again that night, Gene just sees Scott's car and Gene's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Like it's like, Scott's <laughs> car. Like it's not discreet. Like they hide no. behind it, but it's still literally just his like red and white striped convertible. Like, yeah. Like, there's not But she doesn't she doesn't like make a big deal about it. She just kind of nods like, "I kind of figured that he'd figure it out and tail us eventually." Like mm-hmm. I like that they didn't make it a, you know, she's like, "But we're I mean, you know, there's no dialogue about it, but you can tell she's like, "Well, I'm going to go do this anyway." Like, "Fuck it." Yeah. The nice thing is that the the primary dramatic arc or the action arc of this is still the sirens fighting an enemy and it's not can, her confronting Scott or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not like that's, you know, they still get their own like action movie arc to the episode. And uh, Loki, Kitty Pride uh, ghosting through a dude and then doing some karate is fun. Like the yeah, her fights, her fight was really cool. The other characters, eh, they were fine. They were. I'm not going to shit on them, but Kitty Pryde was right. the only one I was like, oh fuck yeah. She well, also faces point, them through a train. Well, Amara too, but yeah. I didn't really believe Amara was a kung fu was like already a kung fu black belt. That's like kind of the one weird <laughs> thing about this episode was like we oh, just yeah. saw yeah, her she's... barely have her powers together. When did they teach her? karate how, yeah would they just try to <laughs> kick a man halfway across the room you know actually it was part of the dancing she was learning a lot through, <laughs> it's like mr miyagi through all their fun club dancing uh so the the last action set piece that we have as they go out for the, for the final night is that they you know they're still tracking down this like carjacking ring <laughs> uh-huh. and they track them to to a chop shop and they sneak in and it's a trap and the guys are all waiting for them. And I immediately like my thought process watching is like, oh, shit, do they have a mutant. And then like two seconds go by and I'm like, oh, oh, no, they're all normal guys. This I fight is going to be very boring. But, but they have like a zoo, like a Zoolander style like, oil fight, like gasoline fight. There's just they're kicking gasoline <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah, there's gas everywhere. And I think that's I think that is funny because. Um, you know, I mean, two of the main characters have these flame fire people, you know, Magma Uh and Boom Boom. And, you know, so the tension is not then, oh, these guys are tough. They're going to beat the heroes. It's, oh, God, how much, you know, collateral (laughs) damage is going to happen. So, you know, the that that's sort of where they lean the dramatic tension, um, which, you know, is, is a more interesting way to go. I think that's really the only way you can go with that. Yeah, especially if you're going to have a team of mutants fight a bunch of normies. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to go one way and one way only. Right. <laughs> uh, the the last thing that I have here, that I was talking about the, the moments that kind of undercut its message. Uh, they, so Scott and Kurt arrive, and they're watching all of this play out, and Kurt wants to go help, and Scott's like, no, no, no. I've, I've learned, learned I've, my lesson. I've learned my <laughs> lesson this time. We're not going to step in. But... They have to fucking throw in a thing here because then Scott spies like yeah. this big gas canister that's going to go into some fire and cause a big explosion. He does it again. He does the same thing he did before. 
Yeah, and he lasers it out of the way and then looks at Kurt and says, uh, you didn't see me do that. I won't tell if you don't. It's like, yeah, okay, we can say all this girl power stuff, but then, like, we have to get, like, we show the yeah, audience It's important to remember that, that yeah, a writer Scott, wrote man this. man was going to die. A writer <laughs> wrote this and put that in there. It's not like, yeah. they, you know, it's not, it, it's not real life where there was a real gas canister that had to be stopped. No, yeah. <laughs> we somehow yeah. we decided that we needed to see Scott still be useful. We yes. couldn't just mm-hmm. let him have that moment that they wrote in. They wrote it in of him being like, we're not going to help. We're just going to watch. Which, and then again, this whole thing is like self I don't know. I'm getting into my, down in my X-Men. Down in my, <laughs> there's no hangups down here. It's okay to down in my X-Men hall. His whole thing is like self-reliance self right? and, and uh, you know, like not you, your powers don't make you don't define you and don't make you a mutant. They're they're your power. Yeah. They're like an extra thing there. Mm-hmm. But but for him to for him to save, he doesn't save people haphazardly like that. That's like right. his whole thing is taking them to the danger room and making them <laughs> and hoping they don't die. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the one thing I'll say is if if there had to be Scott jumping in and, and saving that man from certain death uh, that <laughs> they wrote in, um, you know, the fact that he chooses to not say anything, I think, is is the one measure of of solace from that. Sure. Is, is yeah yes and no not, but that but, also but has it, the angle of like we'll let the ladies think they got this one but yeah. we'll that's always, how we'll always know yeah we're gonna we'll know. Know, we'll know that men are still useful <laughs> between you and me we're not obsolete but they won't oh, we'll let the, god let the let yeah. the women have their toys yeah it, yeah it just at least it saved us from another fight yeah. i guess yeah but yeah i know i totally see that that's yeah and it, <laughs> That was that's rough. Um, then there's there's another aspect of this too. So so it, it's a uh, a female cop comes in to the scene of the crime once the men are defeated, and she's like, "Okay, guys, well, I'll probably get fired for this, but you know, all right." Well, let's not along. bury the lead too much, even though we thought it was a female cop when we were watching. Yes, yes, and, it's and we did, and it, it is Mystique. We find out later. Yes, she she lies to the other police. She says, "I don't know. We didn't catch him." Um, turns out it was Mystique, um, yep. who not really sure what her game plan here is if she's has something more at work or she's actually looking out for mutants. Uh, you know, when they have an evil smile on their face, it's sort of hard to tell. Is it? Well, you know, I mean, Mystique's does. always kind of impossible to read. <laughs> yeah, right, kind exactly. of defies logic. Kind of by, by definition. Yeah. But, you know, running the assumption that she's still sort of on Magneto's team and kind of on the Brotherhood's team, sort of. The idea is kind of always from Magneto's perspective, like, yeah, we want to help mutants. Like, mutants are the only people we want to help. So it's not like... And, well, right now, I think Magneto's out and Mystique is running the Brotherhood. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a, that's a new development. But it's, so, it's still okay. it, that's still, like, kind of the angle, though, right? I mean, like, it's protect our own. Like, she's not going to put X-Men or these people, like, needlessly in danger when she thinks maybe they can, you know, be turned or be useful or whatever. You I, know, think hu- the, I think that's the, the gist of it. Yeah. Um, now, after this, um, Scott and Jean are sitting down for breakfast or whatever and talking about what, they, what they've learned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah night cookies. Night that's right. Night cookies. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they're in their jammies and they're hunting for the last cookie. <laughs> just and Scott just takes and it. Some night cookies. <laughs> Scott just takes the takes the cookie and then takes him a full two minutes to like break the cookie in half and give her give her half the cookie. Yeah, um, break that glass ceiling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was such an odd like 
moral of the episode, like, if we were to watch... At the beginning of this episode, I might have believed he would have taken the cookie and just walked out without having yeah. to give it a second thought. <laughs> yeah. is, that what I, is that the lesson he learned from That's this? awful. <laughs> oh, Scott, you monster. Yeah, uh, but, but, but they, no. they have some good dialogue, actually. I'm sorry they made you quit. Yeah. But, you know, it did feel great to help people with our powers. I just hope someday we can do it out in the open and be appreciated for it. Yeah. Yes. And now, the part I don't like is... I guess we took the whole girl power thing a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh... Oh, no. No, no. Yeah, settle that's down, not the ladies. Lesson. Yeah, come on, women. You don't don't take to the streets just yet. Everything's fine. See, the cartoon told you. I told, there's a there's a pretty long storied history of Jean Grey just not being a very positive female uh, robot. So we take we'll just just remember Kitty Pride's a character, and we're all good. Yeah. Okay, oh, ring-a-ling, ding, 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 ding. That's the sound of me rattling our piggy bank. And you know what that means, everybody. It's time for Austin to read another advertisement to you. Uh, is he here? Is there, is there an Austin in the house? I'm here, yeah. No, I, I just, I'm just patiently oh. waiting for my, oh, turn, thank God. For my turn. Waiting well, like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Pavlov. Why don't you tell everybody about our brand new sponsor, Banana Thunder? um well i'm happy to banana thunder is um first of all you've you've heard of of closed delivery services right you know you don't have time to shop and the experts at different places will give you like a box of stylish clothing that they've handpicked out silas will do that kind of stuff um and that's really great but you know what they really don't focus on is is making your incredible penis look as incredible as it should. <laughs> because let's face it, podcast listener, you've got a great dick. And <laughs> it's time to show it off. And and that's what Banana Thunder does. So they will send you every month, they will send you a brand new um you know, a brand new cucumber sling. They'll send you a brand new uh you know, meat counter. Uh, you know, it's like a a showcase for for that big hog that you <laughs> love and, and that you want to show off. Um, so uh, you just you slip your powerful fruit into this uh, stretchy stretchy small piece, um, and everybody will say, "Wow, wow, that's where'd that banana, come from?" That's that's banana thunder right there. Um, and uh, people will know it's Banana Thunder because the words Banana Thunder are in large print on every <laughs> single piece of clothing uh, that they They're sell. They're embossed so they poke through your jeans. Yeah, it's sort of like the Aeropostale uh, logo <laughs> that shows up on everything, whether you want it there or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so so Banana Thunder has very strong branding, and, and uh, we're excited to give them uh, the, the A platform. The space. Yeah, a platform. <laughs> um, I'm wearing mine right now. Uh, We're all wearing ours. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable. I haven't really gotten used to my thunder yet. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because they do offer um, a series of, junior? of trainer junior thunders. <laughs> um, and the junior thunder line is perfect for people who are, you know, maybe they're growers. You know, maybe they're not showers. And maybe, maybe they're taking their time or they just sort of want to... 
uh, present in their own <laughs> special way, and maybe it's not that impressive, uh, but you can still give them your money. So uh, try the Junior Thunder if you're like Andy, and um, uh, <laughs> otherwise uh, enjoy the enjoy the regular Thunder like the rest of us. Well, we got a problem, gang, because uh, my hangers that I've hung my hang-ups <laughs> upon are groaning under the weight of those incredibly heavy hang-ups. And, you uh, did have a famous amount, you know. Everyone yeah, knew I, how many hang-ups you had. A ton. Uh, so Ones know, I didn't think would d- ever even come up. <laughs> no, and we, we don't have a ton of time, so I guess I have one hang-up about that, uh, about... Uh, <laughs> you know, how much time we have until the hangups come back. So um, I'm going to keep my remaining chill attitude to uh, take us into this episode of Fillmore uh, that we watched. So uh, Fillmore, this is episode eight of season one. It is titled Ingrid Third Public Enemy Number One. And here is the blurb for this episode. Fillmore's partner moves away to Tennessee and he is partnered up with Brad Parnassus, the smartest <laughs> kid at X middle school. God, that's a great name. Um, <laughs> Rebellious and super smart new student Ingrid Third doesn't take her introduction to ex-student body well at all, and a giant stink bomb explodes in the hallways. The case looks like a slam dunk, or is it? Ba ba bomb. So this episode is, uh, as we as we understand it, was written as the first episode. Maybe was the pilot. Um, I th- I think that's true. I, I yeah, but I can't. It feels I can't... like it. I can't confirm that because the only place that I found that said that was like a, a Fillmore or Disney wiki, like, you know, like a fan yeah, wiki. So I, feel, yeah. I don't but, know. But, but regardless, right. this one was really good, guys. It's really I good. liked it. The first yeah. one was good, but for, you know, it was fine. This I cannot believe they wouldn't they wouldn't open on on an episode like this seriously mm-hmm. and it introduces yeah. us to our characters. It shows our two characters meeting like that seems like a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. The the only thing I wonder if they um, wanted to uh, if if the network was worried about this sort of like extra framing of it with with uh, Wayne with the former partner and wondering if like they'd confuse people with a character that doesn't exist in the regular show. That's sure. true. Um, I mean, the whole episode is told in flashback. Yeah. And and whether that's a frame that they added later to make it not the pilot, I don't know. Um, but, uh, it's really cool. Um, it's really cool. And this episode is really what solidified for me the fact that this, this really is just like an adult show just on the Disney channel. Like, yeah, this is like a, you know, feels a lot more like a Bob's Burgers or King of the Hill version of middle school. Yeah. Than say recess or something, you know, um, or something, or something much more set in its no. Age, there's, there's age a, no. You, right. You're you're not wrong. There's a lot of emotional maturity here that is not in a lot of shows that, especially like the school space school shows. Well, and it feels it feels very much like it was it was consciously written with like a a, a huge nudge and wink towards like 
you know, the adult people who might be watching like like, you know, normally cartoons will throw in some fun jokes to kind of entertain the parents alongside of the kids. But this one feels way skewed in the other direction, like like so many of these gags you're not going to find as funny if you haven't literally watched Law and Order or something. Yeah, right? if you watched, haven't watched 100 <laughs> episodes of Law and Order, I think like most people have just just by living. I think you've seen 100 episodes of Law and Order, whether you've intended to or not. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And it's it's so good. I mean, like they I I don't know, like the early on. I mean, the, the, the big set off of the of Fillmore's drama is that he his partner moves away, his partner, Wayne. And now he doesn't have a partner and he goes back to his office and Vallejo, the uh, whatever his his title is, you know, he's like the the, the police yeah, junior inspector or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or junior junior off chief. He's uh, he's appointed him a new partner and he has this whole like no partners, Vallejo. I work solo. And this whole like the whole setup of this scene is like it's it's a it's a pastiche that kids aren't going to get. And I feel like there's so much of the humor in there that. It, it like is derived from that setup and so it's weird it's like who is this show for i mean it's clearly for me right now i'm loving yeah, it i'm loving it it's so fun <laughs> and um, i think and i i think that might be where it sort of you know probably might have not found its legs is that the mm-hmm. the audience is too it's people like us you know and that's mm-hmm. really not a marketable demographic <laughs> what are you well, talking yeah. about <laughs> Yeah, and this is an era before Adult Swim where you could kind of have these cartoons for a mixed audience, for a slightly savvier audience. You know, Adult Swim was was the sort of perfect place to put before things were on Toonami or things were, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, finding this footing for an animated show that can that can also be cool. Yeah. And it's not as it's not as, you know, blatantly adult as a Daria, but I feel like no. it's close to a Daria, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, that's what I meant is that like a show like Daria, it it needed to find a way to broadcast what it was to people, but it had an audience. People wanted mm-hmm. to watch Daria. Yep. And I'm not saying this didn't, but I'm saying that's I think that's what made this so, so specific and so niche was yeah. kind of still being a kid's show and an adult show kind of treading, yeah. you know, with one foot in both in both ponds. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so, so yeah, so the, the best, o- they say, like, the best officer, Wayne, moved to Tennessee. Um, and it does this really great, it carries the same emotional weight of somebody retiring from the <laughs> force or, you know, getting, you know, just getting transferred or something, you know. Um, and it's, you know, it's just his parents are moving to Tennessee. But, it, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going over to the Tennessee office of the safety patrol. Yeah, I, ship, uh, I ship Wayne and Fillmore. They are an adorable couple. They're yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, they have a but, they have all this past emotion. Uh-huh. But another write each other handwritten letters and have pictures of each other fishing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's but lovely. yeah, it's it's another one of those little references again to the procedural show because their their last conversation before he leaves is like. Yeah, you know, your new school is one of the best safety patrols in the country. I had Vallejo put in a transfer. Here's your sash or whatever. You know, it's <laughs> yes, like, like it's not just he's moving schools like he's got him placed in a in a, you know, yeah. a new a new <laughs> precinct. <laughs> yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. The nuance there is just stunning. Um, uh, did anybody notice that at the when we see Wayne in his Tennessee school, there's like a horse in the middle? Of- <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well, uh, when we when we see Tennessee earlier in the like at the very beginning of the episode, Wayne's walking with this letter that Fillmore's written him, and there's a horse drawn cart that goes by with a big barrel, <laughs> like a big barrel labeled slaw. It just says slaw. <laughs> He's got his horse has drawn a barrel of slaw. It's like, oh what do we think God. Tennessee is? <laughs> that's great. That's they so still funny. use horses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's oh. a, there's an air of truth to that, though, of, like, what a city kid might imagine moving to the country's like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, we're we're looking in the in the school building. In the yeah, I know. In the building, office, the horse And there's there. a stabled horse eating hay <laughs> in the middle of the school. <laughs> and it's never uh, mentioned. It's just, like, a quick pan, pan it's just by there. joke. It's, it's, it's so it's funny. It's like, um, it's the same thing as the door. The door to the, the safety club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. has a joke yeah, written on it that nobody and club annex. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and never called attention to. Yeah, uh, so so the we get introduced to in in this you know we're in flashback right so we get introduced to uh, the new partner Brad Parnassus, which again we didn't talk about this last episode. Presum- I mean I didn't know it. I, I learned this between episodes, but uh, all the characters pretty much their last names are names of streets in San Francisco. Did we not mention uh, that on air last week? I thought that came up that you guys I, figured that out. I, I don't believe we mentioned it, but if uh, if we did, maybe you definitely maybe. mentioned it. But it might not have been on air. But yeah. Parnassus is also a street, as is you know Folsom and Third, of course. Ingrid Third is just Third Street. <laughs> third is a, that's an odd one to throw in there, but I like it. I, I'm always I like a fan of too. names names that don't they're kind of unconventional, but you believe. Mm-hmm. Also, a name like Brad Brad Parnassus is Brad just Parnassus has, that's has a great excellent. math feel. <laughs> Especially for us, for a snooty, you know, uh, other side of the lake kind of, yeah. you know, my father will hear about this kind of kid. Yeah. And he's he's insufferable and he's terrible. And uh, spoiler alert, he's the one who does it in the end. He's the stink bomber. And mm-hmm. it's because he is he used to be the smartest kid in school until Ingrid uh, transferred into school. And she's uh, you know, she has better scores than him on tests or whatever. And so he's pissed about that. Um, right. And so that's that's like what we're dealing with the whole time. Like, it's pretty clear Brad is the bad guy. You know, this isn't this isn't Agatha Christie over here. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, it's Parnassus. No. He did it. But, yeah. Uh, well, it was Parnassus. And then also his like manservant. His, like, <laughs> oh, you mean you mean wide transfer student. Vud I thought it was tone. really funny because <laughs> there there's an assumption we make when we when you play with archetypes that he's got this sort of like silent hulking goon. Yeah. yeah, and at the end of the episode, the, he just is a guy. He just he, yeah, he has a Swedish accent, but there's nothing. He's just nothing. He's not an idiot or an oaf. He just no. Was, <laughs> that was our. I mean, they do animate him that way. I'm not going to say like it was our. You know, it yeah. was not all entirely on us. They draw right, him he, like a bit of a hayseed, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <word>. he. <laughs> but uh, it was a fun twist that. You know, they didn't they didn't ever hint. They didn't ever take uh, pull any punches to get us to think that it was never like, uh, you know, when there's going to be a reveal that a character has actually been a girl the whole time. And people sort of uh-huh. use pronouns in an awkward way to sort of build up yeah. the fact, build up that twist. There's never none of that. They're never like, this is my silent manservant. Olaf. Vud. Vud. <laughs> yeah. Vud. Vud Gritone. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Ingrid. So she's transferred yeah. in. This is this is the other thing is that this is her first day, and we we have this. My probably my favorite thing I've seen in a cartoon we've watched in a really long time. This whole concept of of what they do for a, a transfer. Oh, this is my this is only my day. second favorite joke of the episode, but it is funny. 
It's so yeah. good because the principal picks her up uh, in a car, by the way, just like a, driving down the middle school hallway. She just picks her <laughs> up in a car. Yeah. She has like <laughs> children who are her like secretaries, basically. Yeah, it's like, it's she... like a, the student doing her makeup. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your transcript. You're brilliant. Cynthia, I said easy on my rouge. You know, you're pretty. You should wear something yellow. But yeah, she's she's a she's larger than life. She's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the principal's and, and great. It's the, you know, it's the voice of of Wendy Malick, who, uh, if you don't it's, know who uh, she is, Google her. She, you, you know her. Nina She's Van from, Horn uh, from Just Shoot Me. I don't remember the actress. Yeah, name. exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's Wendy Malick, and and she is. Oh, that's yeah, the she, actress's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's from she's Nina from Just Shoot Me. She she's been in like a million things, but you instantly recognize her voice, and she's just got this perfect like patronizingly, but like nice, but doesn't care kind of aloof thing going on, and it's really it's yeah. really nice. And what's nice too is that she immediately knows what Ingrid has done. She knows that Ingrid is brilliant, and <laughs> knows that she's about to become the smartest kid at the school, and puts the huge pressure of genius on her shoulders the first second she's in there <laughs> and yeah. you know she's putting like oh man you're going to be so great at uh you know chess club uh you're going to be you know look at all these great things that you're going to do for all of us uh and, and and so she does this at this assembly so apparently they they hold us uh, this school just holds assemblies at the drop of a fucking hat and they have an assembly well, to, they don't have introduce to, to class. her. <laughs> yeah, they don't go to class. <laughs> yeah. They introduce right. her to the whole school and then uh <laughs> like this this piece of paper, like balled up piece of paper hits her and she goes the principal goes, Huh, not yet, Judd. And she's you know, Ingrid's <laughs> like, What? What are we doing? And apparently their tradition is to just get all the like hazing and bullying out of the way right off the bat for the new kid. And she says, all right, for the next 120 seconds, the student body will pelt you with harmless, semi-rigid foam balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ceremonial razzing is what it's called. It's, it's just so on point. Yeah. I and love And this that. is the moment. This is the moment when I was like, this feels like this is a King of the Hill episode or yeah, Bob, totally. a Bob's Burgers episode. Like mm -hmm. the, the amount of kind of snark or maturity like this is a good comedy writer who added the ceremonial <laughs> razzing that's so funny god and good. one thing that i really like about uh about uh Ingrid that is again sort of one of the more subtle things about her character because she's this you know wisecracking genius all black wearing army boots wearing you know kind of tough tough girl she, we often kind of catch her being a little bit fey in a feat, and she is not amused by by the razzing, uh -huh. where, where you might kind I mean, of expect her to just be like, whatever. But She's crucially, her reaction is to, you know, she stands up and takes the microphone and she says, this school stinks. Sure. Uh, It'll set off the chain is, of events. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and that, that finishes out act one, first things third, and puts us into act two, third strikes, she's out. <laughs> it's just cute. These are cute. It's cute writing. It's, it's yeah, cool. I really liked. And did they? Uh, the first two are cute. They're funny. Whatever. Uh, the yeah. third one was actually. I got. A, I laughed out loud at Act Three, the third act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's, um, it's also just it's great to hear uh, what's his face. You know, the, the announcer do like act three, the third act. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's a really nice gets touch. Into it. Um, so after the razzing, 
uh, <laughs> we have we go back to Fillmore and Brad and Fillmore is Fillmore going is, through. He's lamenting his his uh, his his uh, his, last, his partner. Yeah, but he's also he's go he's gone through Brad's file and um, oh, yeah. I want to play a clip here of of the clubs that oh. Brad Parnassus is in. Protractor club, chemistry club, pre 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 med club. I'm over type. Already trying to look good for college applications. He mentions he's in the protractor club. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What is? What kind of club is that? And the pre 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 med club. Yeah. yeah. I love Which that. Which is great. Um, Although the, he feels uh, he feels more like a, like a prep school, like buy your way into college than a, than a true he does. He does right. And the the other funny thing that they do in this in this show is they use school clubs in the way that a cop show would talk about different departments. It would talk sure, about well, the yeah. chem lab. You know, the chem lab just got back with the toxicology results, and this uh-huh. would say, well, the the chemistry club has just confirmed <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you know, yeah. the residue was. <laughs> It's it's stink yeah, powder. Flawless. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but that's at that like moment, he's, t- he's talking about the, the clubs that he's in because he wonders why Brad would have an interest in this. Why in he's the security a patrol, safety officer. The safety yeah. patrol. Yeah. But then they get interrupted. And while they're bemusing this fact, a stink bomb goes off in the halls and they treat it like somebody has released an act has actually set off a bomb. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, or like like chemical yeah. warfare, you know. Oh, well, there's uh-huh. the, the, there's they, they kind of play with both, but I would say they don't treat the the culprit as a terrorist. They treat him more like a criminal, That's true. Like That's a bank true. robbery yeah. or something, an explosion. Yeah, it's like arson, it's like a fire yeah. or something. You know, you see Fillmore talk, talk to some like straggler in the hallway and he's like, "Come <laughs> like on, buddy. We're going to do this." Kid. Yeah, pull your shirt up over your nose and we're going to just make it out of here. <laughs> and you know, and they give they give Fillmore these commendations for like, oh, you got you got eight students out of there. Oh boy, you know. Yeah, P- Principal Folsom offers him like days off, an extra locker, a free period for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to you want to go to class even less than you already do? <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous school. I know. <laughs> um, uh, they are not preparing these kids for the future. They're not actually giving them knowledge. Mm, <laughs> They're just giving no. them responsibilities. <laughs> uh, did anybody no. notice what the ATM is called? No. Yeah. The Electro Moolah. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Electro Moolah. Sorry, that's uh, out of context. And the next scene is 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 them kind of patrolling the beat, looking around. They're, they're out. They're outside now. I guess assuming that they can pin down where the the stink bomber bought their stink bombs. Well, oh, because. They, so Parnassus yeah, but- pops up and he's immediately <laughs> suspected Ingrid. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, in that same, in the same breath, he also butters up the principal a little bit. And he's like, right. Hey, you know, did I mention that you look great? And like, <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah, we, it's definitely Ingrid. And we touch on uh, kind of the, I don't know, the sort of half-assed theme of this episode, which is like, is, is sort of a, a veiled like racism or prejudice kind of thing that we're trying to do. Fillmore says some stuff like, you know, the past isn't the future, Parnassus. It's easy judging people that way, but it doesn't always lead to the truth. It's you know? a great, it's a great little speech. It's yeah. good. Uh, he's, he's got, he's, he, Fillmore drops a couple truth bombs this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as, a, nice. as I think we've, 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 we've pieced together by now, that's kind of his, his pastiche is, is hitting people <laughs> with truth bombs. Yes. Yeah, so the, there's also a great moment. So yeah, the, you're talking about the the Electro Moolah machine. This this ATM <laughs> machine has a camera, and uh, in order to catch and uh, look at who might be you know going by to to you know do do no good. Um, well, it, it they, was to exonerate Ingrid because it was on Ingrid's yes, walk to school. That's he wanted, right. He wanted okay. to prove that Ingrid was there and not at the crime scene. 
Yeah. So, so they so they talk to a security guard uh, and get the security guard to uh, review the, the footage and they find Ingrid. But it's kind of it reminded me of Kim Possible. Absolutely. Because yeah. the security guard is like, hey, look, Fillmore. It's the I least I could do, Kim, after, a, you know, the way you saved me in that bank fraud incident or, you know, but, like, uh, whatever I you could fill it, in in the Kim Possible formula. In Fillmore, the <laughs> yeah. joke works better. And in Kim Possible, it's just kind of believable. It's just kind of part of the world Kim Possible yep. lives in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that somebody owed Fillmore a favor. Like somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, an too, like a real yeah, adult, like an adult security yeah. guard. <laughs> like an adult outside of this weird, like strange middle school microcosm that has all the adult things made small, you know, Mm -hmm. like a real adult working at a bank. I was Fillmore something. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And uh, he's taking the tape to school to exonerate Ingrid when uh, she's already there confessing to it. And I think that's kind of the meat of this episode is why is she taking the fall? Right. That's the longest longest mystery is why she's playing along with getting set up to to go down. Yeah. 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 And I, I really like that showing Ingrid sort of self-destructive tendency and and seeing sort of inside her psyche a little bit and she's not just like a you know perfect competent person with no personality you know like she's right um obviously very competent but we see that she has this like oh you know whatever if this is my perception then fine i guess i did it i'll just try the next one you know yeah because you know she didn't get a great first impression from the school They all no. threw semi-rigid foam balls at her. <laughs> now, <laughs> when Fillmore goes to talk to her, Andy, this would be what I thought was the funniest, the funniest scene it's of the, the episode. The detention room? The oh think about god. what you've done room. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, so like, imagine... it's like a, like a padded room or like a white, you know, solitary confinement room. It's like it's... A, it's like out of Harrison Bergeron. It's <laughs> it's this <laughs> futuristic dystopic uh like room where she's just sitting she's just sitting in a re-education camp yeah, yeah she's I- sitting at but it's like a school desk she's sitting in there and then on in all caps uh you know capital letters across the wall of this yeah, oh, white uh, room. Not, there, there's says, a whiteboard and it's a it's bigger than that it's not just on the yeah. whiteboard it's this full right no wall. it stretches across multiple walls i think and it says think about you what you've what? done <laughs> <laughs> so dark it's such a fucked up detention yeah i love that uh but it's a really cool scene actually because you know Fillmore reveals to us i mean we kind of knew this but he used to be more of a delinquent when he was first here at school and he was like i used to spend you know the first few months of my school time here uh but you know we find out that wayne his former partner is the one who like kind of got oh, him wayne. straight oh uh, wayne oh wayne <laughs> And, you know, got him on safety patrol and he turned his life around and he's trying to, like, exonerate Ingrid and she's, you know, confessing to it. And he's like, why the hell are you doing this? And right. he's, he, may, he he has a really a really touching kind of moment with her. And I have to drop this clip in. What she says is amazing. Uh, <laughs> she says, is this the you end? know. Hmm? Oh, no, go ahead. No, it's, it's a, this, is, this is a touching thing. She says, you know, I was thinking. If one person other than the welcome wagon girl is the least bit nice to me by two o'clock, I wouldn't confess to doing something I didn't do. I would have been here earlier, but I was busy trying to clear a friend's name. And it's like, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a great moment and uh, a lot of believability to that. Like, she yeah. just wanted somebody to see her and, and give her a shot. And nobody yeah. could. And and mentioning the, the the fake niceness of yeah. there was a, a super hyper cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, who, it's a, for a gag the at the beginning. Wagon. She was like crammed in her, crammed in Ingrid's locker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start and of the it's, episode. 
obviously it's not sincere. And for her to also call attention to that, like, look, you know, somebody was nice to me when I first showed up, which I think anybody who's like, you know, been new somewhere and, and felt the like day one, the day one mm-hmm. attention of somebody who does not give a shit about you, you know, the, yep. the, the college orientation people like, wow, mm-hmm. we're going to, you're going to make great friends. Hey, here's me. Add me on uh-huh. Facebook. And then like, you don't, you don't <laughs> care about those people. And yes. they don't mean it. Um, yeah. It seems so a little was, autobiographical. You have any hangups about that, Austin? I know I'm still having no, hang-ups, <laughs> no I, I had a great time we gotta that. go quickly though because they're coming back soon because <laughs> they're banging on that closet door <laughs> they're barking the hang-ups are barking <laughs> uh, uh, so but then she also in that same moment talks that mentions that she has an eggplant shaped like Fred Durst <laughs> yeah uh, and I'm glad we're getting good <laughs> Limp Limp Fred references. <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, so that that mostly neatly takes us out of Act Two. Act Three is just kind of res- resolving everything. Um, but it's got know, a couple of really great scenes on it. Where it film does. The joke shop I thought was really funny. Where the yeah, the joke shop the, is where <laughs> the stink powder was was made. You mean you but, mean Lemmy's Lemmy's bulk prank supply? Uh, bulk <laughs> prank supplies, and there's just a grown man in a. <laughs> just a clown a silly he's, man it's a silly man, and it's it's like it's the only place you could put a person like this is a jo- like joke shop. Yeah, prank supplies. But he's he's like uh, he's like he's like the wizard out of Adventure Time. He's just this absolute cartoon human in a. I mean, the show is literally a cartoon, but it's otherwise it's not yeah. quite a cartoon. You know, it's you could yeah. this could be a normal comedy, and then yeah. and then this this fucking goofball shows up, <laughs> this, <laughs> this dabby duck looking guy. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely hear hear a little bit of that. She bought more stank powder that day than I've sold in six months. By the way, may I interest you in hot pepper gum? So, but mm-hmm. what happened, the context is that Parnassus has framed Ingrid Hart. He, you know, they thought they really had it, had this in, in the bag. And then um, Parnassus is like, well, I just called the joke shop and he said that somebody came in matching your description, bought like a whole bunch of stink powder, stank powder um, <laughs> and stank juice. And <laughs> which they do literally. It's call this kind it of stank dirty powder. stink bomb. You need to combine these two different stink products in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You combine the fertilizer and the you know, uh-huh. um, nitrate or whatever, you know. Tell us but more about how to fertilizer. make Yeah, that's yeah, the so, Annika's cookbook. No hangups here. We can tell anybody about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, you know, in order to check it out, Fillmore goes to the joke shop. And that's when he sees uh, somebody who looks like, you know, from the, from the back matching the profile of Ingrid running away. But Ingrid is animated ghost white. So it, you, we kind of we clock that it's not Ingrid pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah, it's something's a little off about it. But uh, my fa- one of my favorite jokes is that Fillmore gets lost. He tumbles in some boxes that are stamped with cliche box company. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, again, these jokes that only play out for really savvy customers that are watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, um, it also so- the, the person also drops a pin for the dancey mm-hmm. lads. Which we were led to gather is some kind of boy band. Yeah. This is this is a prop for them to sort of chase the MacGuffin and catch Parnassus. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's kind of an afterthought MacGuffin. But, um, so Fillmore goes and he talks to Ingrid at her home and she's like, who let you in? And he's just like, your dad. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and they, you know, they sort of come to the conclusion that she's being framed. And, uh, this is, this is my one moment that I kind of didn't enjoy what they did with Ingrid. Um, she had taken Brad's safety patrol sash because she was going to put a voodoo curse on it. And voodoo curse is just such lazy shorthand for quirky girl character that it just kind of hurts to see it used. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Yeah, it's sort of a Wednesday Adams playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And and I didn't, you know, I I didn't hate it, but it's also like, you know, okay. I didn't clock that, but you're not wrong. Like white girl voodoo. We didn't didn't get a setup for it. We didn't see her doing it or something. (laughs) Right. Look who's doing white girl voodoo. (laughs) Somebody's gonna get a curse at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, but yeah it felt like an afterthought mm-hmm. they they realize that it's clearly brad because he used to be the smartest kid in school you know they, they they clock what we sort of already guessed from the early parts of the episode and they go and they talk to they go to brad's house they talk to his sister and it turns out like oh the the pin they found was his sister's and she had lost it along with her black sweater so now we're we've got all the pieces and we realize that brad's been dressing up as ingrid to per- perpetrate these stink crimes and uh and now it's just we got to go catch him yeah yeah uh so they they end up following parnassus to the giant tire heap uh, <laughs> yeah, cuz he was going to he was going to do this he's going to do this big final uh final stink bomb stink at attack. school this like second stink attack <laughs> a colossal stink attack um, at the school. And so they go into the giant tire heap and that's where this kind of big action finale happens. And it's cool. I like this cool. one. It's it, a good yeah. set piece. I mean, we keep, we were, we were talking last week about how we were wondering how many set pieces this middle school was going to have. And here's another. Well, that it's was, a ton. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it, this is one that was, you know, I, I don't ask the show to be logical, to uh to the nth degree but i was kind of confused why he wanted to put stink bombs in the tire pile uh, yeah it didn't <laughs> it's like it didn't quite play like, i wasn't sure what what the goal was but yeah uh, like rubber already smells pretty bad like, i guess it's... it was it was just kind of to have a fun set piece and it was a fun set piece you know it's it's also comically huge and you it know, is huge the, yeah. the show the show can only there are only so many different places in a school that they can over dramatize yeah uh-huh you know, to be these like, you know, we had the first episode had like two different giant warehouses of some kind. And that's already <laughs> yeah. pushing, pushing but, but, the fiction a little bit. But but at the same time, in this episode, Ingrid gets interrogated in a room with one way glass. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. in the middle school, too. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Why do this we is, have that? This is Looney Tunes world anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so so what ends up happening is is in this fight. Um, in this this battle, uh, Parnassus drops the the stink combination down this center tube, and it sets off a chain reaction of stink. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it leads to a really great explosion cliche escape with the cloud of stink behind them. And, I thought uh, so. There's so there's a fun moment. Um, Vud is chasing Ingrid around in the tires. And uh, when Ingrid sees that the stink is coming, she he he has he's just gotten his 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 bulbous gut caught in a tire. He's stuck. Right. Yeah. And she saves him from the stink by pulling him out. And then there's a kind of a smash cut to him carrying her like a football as he runs away from the stink cloud. <laughs> uh, there's a fun trade off, and the fact that she saved him first, I think, took away any sort of uh, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't uh yeah. wasn't uh she needed to be saved. Like she saved well, him totally. first and it was like a re- a favor returned because 
this is a huge monster of a man. <laughs> and, right, and, and it's she's important a little football sized girl. <laughs> because once we see that he has sympathy for her, um, it makes a little more of an emotional impact about what's going to happen next. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He gets. Yeah. I like so we that. Think, they don't win. They don't win this case. No, no they don't. Uh, no. So, so they think they have Parnassus kind of dead to rights here. Um, and they walk in and see that Vud, the Swedish exchange student is giving a forced confession, um, saying that he was nerve or he was angry about not getting into the school play. <laughs> yeah. And he did now, the stink bomb. This is my favorite joke in the whole episode. Yes, 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 yes. Brad, uh, no, uh, because Fillmore starts telling him, no, it's Brad. Brad's the one who did this. And Principal Folsom says, Brad is a member of the Honesty is Fun Club. (laughs) 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 It's so good. It's A, that's a fucking stupid club. But B, like, of course, yes, that exonerates him. He's a part of the Honesty is Fun Club. You would never lie. It's it's such a silly parody of the this kind of like kingpin, like untu- like yeah, untouchable guy untouchable who's bought and paid yeah. his way through all of the big wigs in society. And, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he's given fruit baskets to like every single member and with the good <laughs> chocolate, the good, like Swedish chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, so, so yeah, he's untouchable and he can't, he can't, they can't be swayed that he's the bad guy here. So the end of this is the only thing that makes me think, be, ma- makes me think makes me think this might be the reason that the show got punted off of off of being episode one uh-huh. was opening the show on Fillmore losing a case. Uh, Maybe Disney. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah, and um, but it works. The, there is it was some a great victory. episode. There is yeah. some really good victory. That is a, a good callback um, because when uh, Fillmore was at the joke shop, uh, the the very silly clerk mentions that he has some like cinnamon fire prank gum. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and Fillmore's like, yeah, all right, I'll take a look at the gum. And uh, put me down for put me down for a gum. <laughs> and then you know when when Parnassus comes in to gloat at the end, he's like, well, huh, 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 I guess I'm gonna resign from the force. And Fillmore's like, put her there, man. Uh, I you know I respect your game. Uh, how about how about some gum? <laughs> Game and, game. Yeah. And, and then yeah, he, and he, he he just spices that boy's mouth so bad. It felt a little easy. I would have liked to see him kind of place the place the gum somewhere for Brad to just take it. Mm-hmm. But sure. yeah, it was fine. It was it was whatever. You know, it's still it's still a good callback ending. It's not just yeah. Yeah. you know, a bucket of water falls on him or yeah, know, sure. just something random yeah. that gives you know, it's it's actually it was set up and then paid off. Sure. And then uh, and then, of course, Ingrid, uh, he asks Ingrid to be his partner. And of course, she says yes. And then there's another assembly because these kids never go to class. <laughs> and then they announce that she's a new officer. And then back in the present, we see Wayne finishing reading the letter. And then there's the horse in the <laughs> in the Tennessee Safety Patrol office. And and then we finish the episode out. And it's a great one. I really fucking liked this one. So this was much. a really good one. Yeah. This is yeah. good content. I I am so I'm I'm actually amazed that I've never even before this before this arc I have never seen a single second of this show. No, and no, I haven't now heard it's of making it. me. It's, well, it's made me by the, it's the made thing. by the it's it's made by the gross man and his from his from his icicle tube, Walter Walter Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. 
the icicle <laughs> tube where where all your hangups, you know, they, they don't mean anything anymore. I've cryogenically frozen my hangups. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, this episode can't go on forever. So, uh, despite us having our, our having no hangups, uh, we are gonna have to, you know, hang this one up, I guess, <laughs> um, for for it to be for it to be a, a concluded, and you could put your take these earbuds out of your out of your out of your uh, ears before they start to hurt. What am I gonna do with all this unbridled sexual prowess and energy? Well, oh, your hangups will come back soon. <laughs> <and> then <laughs> it'll be back to repressing it uh, as Andy, hard as Andy, you possibly can. Andy, uh, any port in the storm will do when you've got no hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I see. I see. Go to the wharf, then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Looks Find like I'm gonna take a little fish. stroll down the wharf. <laughs> 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 Don't we have a couple good trolling shows. for wharf ass, <laughs> <laughs> Captain. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that wharf. I'm more of a Tata Yar myself. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I think we had a couple really good episodes. I'm about to go today. deep space nine into wharf. If you know what I mean. <laughs> no. I'm gonna push. I don't. I'm, gonna put, I'm gonna go deep, deep space nine. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. gonna go deep space nine. <laughs> what are those hangups, Kevin? Getting back? Is coming back soon? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think we I think we had good content that we watched today. It was really fun. Uh Yeah. And I I'm I'm loving this. I don't I <laughs> I I think this this arc is a, is is a little, you know, we're holding it together with 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 some scotch tape, but I think it's been really fun. I'm, no, I'm the excited children don't to do go it. to school. That's the art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it it's fun and I'm excited to do more uh do more both of these shows. Uh I think we're we're doing at least two more weeks of this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we'll just kind of see how we're feeling. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm totally down to keep it loosey-goosey after, you know, basically an 11-episode stretch of, <laughs> of Skyhunks. Um, include, you know, some bonus, bonus, <laughs> you know, bonus fun. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah, I sure enjoy this show. And I, I've really enjoyed my life without hangups, and uh, I'm a little, I'm a little terrified about what's about to happen because I see that lock is about to snap on the closet door, and uh, well, they're gonna bust through it like Cosmo Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're our back. Like, it's us, oh, the hangups. It's us, your hangups. Ugh. he's he said the bad thing to the people at the the comedy show. He made a noopsie with his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> made a he should. Ha- he should have hangups. He should have. A, he should have at least one hangup. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds good. <laughs> is that how? Is, yeah. Yeah, Austin, I gotta. I gotta wonder when you when you when you come in and you say something like that. Do you literally expect me to use that as the end of a segment where you just sort of go, "Well, that that's yep, all we did it." <laughs> you know that I cut all of those out all the time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not this week. You don't have any hangups about it. Oh, you're right. You're right. We can end this episode however we want. I could even do it with ten sustained seconds of silence. Oh boy, 
Oh God. Oh man. <laughs> Is, is I, you know, the hangups taking you, taking your body back by force. Look, the less said, the better. Um, I really don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about what's been said and what's been done. But I apologize very deeply um, to my mother about all the hentai we talked about. And uh, you know, I don't really watch it. It's just it was something Mandy showed me, and it got sort of stuck no. on my computer. Um, uh, so it got um, stuck on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so look, um, that was that was uh, the first the first second episode of our arc. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we only do one. Only one. There's only one second episode of our arc, and that was the first one. And hey, let's tap you out about- so that you can go poop. Yeah, if you liked if you liked our episode, maybe you go over to Instagram and you can you can click on click at that hard button on some of our pictures, or you can go over to Twitter and click that retweet on some of our tweeters. Yeah. Uh, you can go over to iTunes and give us five stars. Tell us why you love us so much. Uh, we've got a website that's uh, sadamtuesdays.com. And we've got a Facebook where you can tell us uh, your favorite hangup. Tell us which hangup you like the most. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and we may not respond because we've got all of our hangups back. So talking about some of these things is a little oogie now again. You know, we're, oh, we're not no. really. It feels a little weird so again. Like gross. we gross. Oh God, it's so bad. I think I just want to. I want to go climb into a hole and just not see another person. Hey, that sounds that sounds like a hang up to me. Oh no. Oh God. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the episode this week. We'll be we'll be uh, you know tweeting as usual about what episodes we're watching next week because you know we're we're bouncing around a little bit with both of these shows. So so stay tuned. Check our Twitter. We love you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.